You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. It's in the by- it's in the bylaws. He's not a, he's not a real libertarian though. <laughs> no, he's not. We're going to boot him if he ever shows up. He's notoriously late. Do we for want, everything. Do we want to just go then? Just to catch um, him? Well, let me let me text him. Okay. Although he's notoriously late on responding to texts. So <laughs> maybe that won't help. But. He's not as late as JB usually. <laughs> and I also, yeah. I was able, to, so you have to start within like nine minutes of when you scheduled it or else Facebook deletes oh. the stream. So fortunately, I was able to figure out how to like push it back because I logged on. I set it for 1030, stupidly thinking they'd be done on time. <laughs> nope. I say it's 745 or 1040. Oh, man, you poor bastards. With your, oh, with it's your t- later. With 1045. Your future, your future time. Tired. Yeah, it's almost Friday. <laughs> yeah. These things have no meaning to me. That's <laughs> right. I'll be up in like eight hours for work. So. <laughs> I'm off tomorrow, but my off days are harder than my work days because when I line up like a million interviews and all this stuff, so I could be hungover for work. I can be hungover for interviews too, I guess. It's just, it's harder. Do you, are you still doing NFL? Mm hmm. You probably just care for the time being. Well, that's true. Yeah, I guess that's the real (laughs) truth. I don't give a shit about my actual job, except they pay me money. What's up? There he is. Just in time. I I was going to say we're starting in two minutes, two minutes ago. In fact, I did say it. I believe it. Could have had an all beard crew if it wasn't for Odie. Well, I stand out. That's good. It's good contrast. It's good for you (laughs) if you're running for office against us. Just randomly switch it up like every 10 minutes, just swap everybody around. Yeah. <laughs> For fun. Ah, when I'm in this box, you, I look like I'm on Ons of Burr. Okay, there, that's better. <laughs> All right, you guys ready? Yeah. You want to host uh, or start it? Sure. I don't sure. I don't really want to. <laughs> I just want to be here. Okay. Or Odie can, whatever. As long as it's not me. Howie can. It's all you, Spank. Hey, welcome to our epic libertarian crossover podcast talking about the debate that America just lived through. Thank you for joining us. And we have an all-star panel of uh, libertarian podcasters and myself. Uh, we'll start with Mark Clare, who is the host, uh, one of the hosts of Lions of Liberty. Mark, how are you? No, I'm the host. I am the host. And there okay. are some alternate hosts that we have, including Brian McWilliams and the uh, the other gentleman here, the only non-bearded gentleman here Lies. with us, Mr. John Odermatt. Honestly, we're questioning your tea, John Odermatt. <laughs> questioning my tea? Your testosterone seems yeah. a little low, not growing a beard. Maybe you can't. I don't think I've ever seen you with any facial hair at all, beards, actually. Beards are for the weak um, to cover up, uh, you know, if you got a little bit of a... Not a strong jawline. Grow the beard to cover that up. It's but, not uh, a. F- it, it is. Uh, it's not. It's to cover up my double chin. That's the. <laughs> Spangle looks like he really crafts his beard. Like he really takes time to like shape it. Is that true? I do. I go to a barber shop and oh. they. I. I have him. If you see, he trims off the neck beard. I haven't been in a couple weeks, so. You know. Wow. You, in in Pennsylvania, beard trims are illegal. You're so, wow. You're you're crapping me. I'm not kidding you at all. Like yeah, are, same wait, for, same in Virginia. At, my wife's been doing it, so that's how he snowed him. By the way, wait a minute. Like the man because himself, of COVID or just path of liberty? Oh yeah, th- we, we should finish introductions. Howie, how are you? I'm good. I could use a beard trim, but besides that, pretty good. 
and then Reinhold down there. Reinhold, how are you? I'm doing all right. I could use color in my beard other than gray. Yeah. But that's our beard coloring's legal. All right. So I'm always surprised when I talk to to the Lions crew or like Brian Nichols, who's from Philadelphia area. Like, because here in Indiana, like, it's still the Wild West. Like, we still act like it's 1865. There's laws, but we don't follow them. But why are. It's like my kind of place, actually. Should I be looking at Indiana? Oh, Indiana and New Hampshire, like, are kind of on the same level when, you know, it's like when COVID hit, it's like, yeah, you didn't, you weren't able to go to a restaurant for a couple months, but then, like, everybody still was. You know, and now, and then you talk to, to like, Brian Nichols out in Philly, and he's like, yeah, I can't go to the gym. I'm like, it's September, what? So, you can't, like, is it because of COVID you can't get a beard trim, or just, it's just banned in general? It's because it's it's of, of COVID, but yeah. I want to clarify, they did just open it up where you can get a partial beard trim. You have to, you have to, keep, <laughs> you have to keep your mouth covered so they can't do, like, your mustache area, but they can do, like, some of it, and, like, ah, oh, the hell with that. My, they actually send so in inspectors too. My barber was telling me, well, like when you get a regular haircut, you have to wear a mask the whole time, and they like move the mask when they're cutting around your ears. My barber was telling me that, that they tried to send in like an inspector undercover, trying to like undercover. convince them to get a beard trim to get to, to trim his beard, and the guy was being like super aggressive. So my barber could obviously tell like this guy is just obviously trying to bust me for trimming his beard, so he kicked him out. That is wild. That is. An yeah. amazing use of taxpayer money right there. It's insanity. So I walk into my barber shop in June, and there was a, a one of those sandwich board signs that said, no masks allowed. <laughs> like they, So here in Indiana, you have the smoking ban, and the, the, they, that's how they set the mechanisms, basically, to ferret people out. But the public health departments are so busy, they're not actually checking on anybody. Well, and you can, I haven't, I don't think I've had a haircut since COVID hit. I haven't either, but that's nothing to do with COVID. So, all right. Well, we just watched a debate between Donald Trump and, and uh, Joe Biden. And let's start with our first reactions from the debate. Let's start with uh, seniority. Let's start with Mark Claire. What were your thoughts on the debate? What kind oldest, of seniority do I have? You're the oldest person here? Right? I'm not, I don't think I'm the oldest. I think you st- well, Am I? You started it. Reinhold's right? got to have a month or two on me. No, not now in age. Reinhold would a have to go before me. But <laughs> I was trying to be, you know. Uh, anyway, well, it, it certainly was less of a mess than the uh, the other debate. I'll say that. I, I, I will say I really enjoyed what, uh, watching Trump the whole time. That's My eyes were focused on Trump the entire time, uh, largely because it's really fun to watch him try it about to interrupt or want to interrupt and then have to go. <gasps> this is why you need to watch the video on the live stream. Cause I was just making no noise. So for the podcast, no one will understand, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, at this point, I, I pretty much know what everybody's going to say. I can't say I learned a lot. I'm not sure if unbiased Americans learned a lot. I'm sure most people go into these things pretty much with their mind made up and the answers that they hear are going to be filtered through that. So, uh, what do you? What percentage of Americans do you think actually turned this debate on to say, "Oh, gee, I have no idea who I'm going to vote for"? Let me tune in to find out. I mean, there's got to be some amount, but I can't imagine it's it's a lot. So some I, of the I don't some of the I, I don't go ahead. Sorry, Heather. I don't think there's a lot of people that didn't know who they were going to vote for when they tuned in, but there might be some people that learned something since the mainstream media has not been covering uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, the emails, the corruption with Joe Biden stuff. That might have been the first a lot of people heard about that at all. <laughs> 
No, yeah, well, th- I, I think you're yeah, giving Ryan Hold a headache, Howie. That that whole thing I think is, and I tweeted it out, and I got some solicitations back, and almost unanimously on Twitter and Facebook comments. I'm watching this with my wife, who's not political, and she has no idea what they're talking about. Like that whole, all the Hunter Biden stuff, I think, is just so inside. It's very what journalists will call online, where they're talking about their issues, but like regular America is not paying attention to it. I think if you don't, if you don't watch the news closely, there's a lot of stuff that happened in this debate that you were just clueless on, specifically that particular section on Ukraine and, and the laptop from hell. It'll be interesting to look at the uh, the Google search trends, how they spike up, and you know what words they spike yeah. for. But like w- with regards to like, did this change anyone's mind? And also, you know, with regards to the Hunter Biden Russia stuff, I mean, I, I think at this point, anybody who's voting for Joe Biden, they're voting for Joe Biden. I don't right. think they're being swayed. I don't think there's really a undecided. There's nobody s- sitting there like, oh, should I vote for Biden or Trump? I can't decide. <laughs> the people who are deciding right now are they're deciding between Trump. Staying home and not voting, or maybe voting third party. There's nobody. There's no like swing voter in the middle. I mean, there might be a, a few lunatics out there, but I don't think it's anything worth uh, you know talking about. Almost I think all this of is the first election where it at this point it's there's so few undecideds, right? This is really a refer. The, the whole election is really a referendum on Trump, and they could have put a wet shirt up there and ran against Trump and probably won, and somehow the Democrats actually did that. But it's an, an it's old, really weird, creepy, wet shirt. It just doesn't it just doesn't matter at this point. As long as um, Trump didn't do anything tonight, I thought that would win him any votes. He plays to his base. His base is already going to vote for him. He doesn't need that. He needs to be playing for other people. And he wasn't really he didn't really land anything like that, except maybe one thing that most people probably won't even care much about. So. Yeah, the polling all shows that the undecided voters, usually there's 10 to 15 percent. This time it's less than 5 percent. It's within the margin of error of people who actually have no idea who they're voting for. Everybody, I mean, there isn't a human on the planet that doesn't have an opinion on Donald Trump because he's so good at making everything in the media about him. And they're so willing to do that because he drives so much revenue and ratings. And so everybody, I think Odie nailed it. It's people are, are trying to decide if they're going to make the effort to go stand in the two to four to 11 hour line to vote. Is it worth it? Am I going to be inspired? I do think that this comment here from a Facebook user, oil and gas will change people's minds. I do think that in Texas and Pennsylvania, at the very end, Biden made an unforced error where he basically said he wants to phase out the oil industry in five years. And if you're competing in Texas and Pennsylvania and it's it's a hair a razor's thin margin there, why say that out loud? <laughs> I think that that it's, might it's, make it. There's no a way change. he can actually do that. Of course. Right. Everything he it's said never, he can't it's never do. gonna happen. So Well the way the way that a, they do mistake. it is with uh through blocking the permits. Um mm. that, that's that's the way they do it. They're not gonna officially put like a, a referendum on it, but they right. can easily do it by blocking the permits by putting Yeah, but the, how much does the federal have power over that as opposed to the state? And can he well, really do it as if it's the interstate, president? If the pipeline crosses state lines, it's interstate mm-hmm. pipeline. So it's regulated by FERC. Um, so yeah, they, they would have the control then, but if it's just within a state, then they don't, the federal you know, government doesn't have any control really over it. So let's- I like how Trump specifically called out Texas, Pennsylvania. You hear me? You hear this? You hear this? He, I mean, he, yeah. 
the two states he needs to win, but I don't think it's going to be enough even if he does. Because I, I don't think anybody's in the calculation thinking Texas isn't going to go for Trump. I know it's talked about as a toss-up, but it's still leaning Trump. So I, I don't think he's really lost anything there. But, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, that it depends on how much that's going to swing or not. I don't know. But so do you, like do you think the, the polls that we're seeing are more accurate than in 2016? Yes. I do, too. No, I think they're probably less accurate. Yeah, I agree. less accurate. Well, I think they're less accurate because they're going to be the dark horse and say they're exactly the same accuracy. <laughs> I mean, my reasoning for it is because it is it is more um, hazardous than in 2016. Much more hazardous hazardous to be a Trump supporter, to be an open Trump supporter. People lose their what? job. I know many Trump supporters who will not put a sign in their yard at their home. But if they have a vacation house somewhere in a more Trump-friendly area, they'll put a sign up there. Um, it's it's a very real thing. Uh, we have Trump trains every weekend where I live. <laughs> I think that a lot of this, this is about there where are, you there live. There are Trump high. trains, but I where would I not, live, it's very dangerous to be a Trump supporter. I would not go out in a MAGA hat. I, yeah, but do do you think where you live that that Trump's going to win? No, that's, no. that's uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. That's what I'm saying those, those I'm saying it's all about where you live. He is not going to win in Virginia. <laughs> The, if you look at the national polls in 2016, they had uh, Hillary Clinton winning by 3%. She won by 2 point something percent. It wasn't that far off. At Trump the ele- won at the by 77,000 votes. At the end, they had that. Well, because leading, leading up to it, it was much came out. Yeah. Yeah, in, when in, came out, it changed the, the race because there were a lot more undecided. There were, there were people who hated Hillary just as much as they hated Trump, and they were bouncing back and forth on which one they were going to have to plunk down their vote for. In right. in twenty six, oh, go ahead, Reinhold. Sorry, I just he won by like seventy seven thousand votes in a few key states, where a couple of the state pollings were way off. The, so those weren't called right. But I don't think, for the most part, that's going to be. And people learn from that. That these pollsters aren't going to just go, well, I don't know, and then not change anything that they're doing. They're still trying to fine tune and get these better. I, I think, why do you I, assume they can change? what they're doing. Know, the, the media and the politicians they also haven't learned a goddamn thing. So I don't know why the pollsters are being any different. I think pe- people make, assume there's like money. something you tweak or something you pull a little differently. I, I don't think you can um, just somehow uncover the you know the correct amount of support of Trump supporters. I don't think it's possible. They, they dive down into looking at the demographics and how the demographics are changing, how different polling is happening. Uh, in in state races that match up to the the federal race, I mean, there's a lot of different things they can do. A lot of statistical things that they do uh, to evaluate that stuff, and they change the the weighting of a lot of the polling uh, to match and to compensate for those things. That's why they have a two or three percent failure rate, you know, a two a two or three percent variance. And by that regards, they were well within what happened in 2016, right? At, and in at 26 at this point in 2016, they weren't. 10 points apart from each other in 2016 if you looked at if you looked in the uh congressional races this is where some people started to see the the trend it just didn't make it into the national polls so the national polls were wildly wrong but if you were watching congressional races you started to see this massive shift in in uh white no college educated uh, without a college education start to shift towards trump in a pretty significant almost a 10-point swing in the last couple weeks of the race. 
which is why so many people are on the left are freaking out about these registrations. Republicans are having really solid registration numbers recently. And but what you see in the congressional races now is that's not happening. So like if you take District uh, 28, New York, Trump won that by 16 points. He's now losing that by one in all the polling. So you 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 saw if you were paying attention to the right stuff in 2016, you saw you saw you could see the trend. It's just that that didn't make it to most of our feeds. It didn't make it to to the news. It wasn't really talked about because people took it for granted. But I think if anything, there's going to be an overcorrection. So there was some guy wrote an article, I forget where, basically saying like, if this were any other candidate in 2016 hadn't happened, there'd be nothing but article after article about how Trump is just about to get thumped based on all the polling, which has been incredibly consistent across the board. But people are so gun-shy, pollsters are so gun-shy, journalists, all of us are like, I'm not making a prediction. I don't know who's going to win. You know, it, it it can be 15 points. I know you will, but like... There, most people, most people will will go. I'll I'll select Trump because it's the if he's not favored to win, and then if he does win, then I look like a genius. Like that's it's it's somewhat of a safer pick if you go a little contrarian there. But by and large, most people don't want to make a pick because they're gun shy, so they're overcorrecting. So I think we, I think you, you I think you're sort, I think you're right, Odie, that. Nobody really knows because it is really the only third presidential election with social media in the social media environment. And it's still really nascent and really hard to understand where the populace is because you can spend all day on Twitter, but your Twitter is totally different than my Twitter versus Howie's. And you're assuming people are being honest in their poll responses. We're not talking one poll. This is like over the course of a year. It hasn't changed. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you, you're going to see some hidden people changing their votes in, in a poll or hiding in a poll over that many polls over so long. Well, well Ryan, hold you can see. You're right in that the polls haven't changed, but you can see the hidden Trump voter in the favorable, unfavorable versus will you vote for him? So his unfavorable is a little higher than will you vote for him? Because for whatever reason, people so, seem to be willing to say they they like him, but they're not gonna but they're not gonna vote. For so, him. Chris, this makes me think of three different polls that I've seen recently. Um, one was there was like fifty six percent of people were saying that they're better off now than they were four years ago. There's also one that was like sixty some aren't comfortable expressing their political views, and today uh, Trump's favorability just went over fifty percent. Those things tend to make me think that in a Ras in a Rasmussen pool. All right, well, where did there, it go over fifty percent? Rasmussen, sorry, I, uh, Rasmussen, nowhere near. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, well, they were the closest in the last election. In, in all of this, there in aggregate, Bill had him down. But. You you have to look at a bunch of different data points. Like if you just follow Rasmussen, then of course you're going to think that Trump is doing better than he might do in other polls because they're. But even Rasmussen is saying, like, this is not going well for the president. And they're historically very favorable to him. You know, what Reinhold, where he just made the point is, like, when you look at all the data points kind of put together, there's about an 8 to 10 point gap in all of this. And that's backed up by all the congressional races and the Senate races. They should, the the Republicans should be walking into, uh, they should have picked up a couple seats. The map was that favorable. They, They have 22 seats in play. And they're not going to win that. They're probably going to lose the Senate. Like, that's a very bad sign for the president. And then 
you have Jared Kushner shopping around a new TV network to to fellow Republicans. Like that doesn't instill confidence that they think that they're going to win. And then Trump said in the in the uh, twice in the debate tonight that he thinks that the Republicans are going to win the House. I mean, does anybody think that's a possibility? <laughs> I, I definitely think Trump? it is. I mean, if Trump wins re-election, they're going to win the House probably. Okay. This is this I, is I, my. I wonder pl- what planet I'm living on right now. This is the problem with Trump and and the Trump phenomenon. We're all going to know what is, planet it is in a couple of weeks. This is yeah, <laughs> like, or maybe not, or months, or maybe we won't. <laughs> if we months, yeah, maybe we won't. We all talk into microphones in front of audiences, very very large audiences. And the largest, most beautiful that, audience. That actually reminds me, before you go any farther, I just <laughs> wanted to say, uh, everyone on this call, I am the least racist person here. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. It was so all right, lovely. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I, I do, you know, someone just asked. Abraham Lincoln's Abraham racist. Abraham Lincoln. that's, that's what he was getting at, right? I agree. But but you can understand, you know, we were, we were uh, oh, there's we were a bunch of people in that room. Uh, Lincoln is very racist. Too, right? Lincoln, I can definitely say Donald Trump is is less racist than Abraham Lincoln. So everyone alive today is probably less racist than Abraham Lincoln. When we talk into these microphones and we make claims and we make points and we make assertions, we feel the need to have evidence to back up our arguments because if we oh, don't, that's where we differ, my friend. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I just talk. I don't worry about that stuff. It, you know, like, I don't agree that, that Donald Trump's going to win this election, but I saw Odie say he does, and he had reasons for why he felt that way. And so I go, okay, he has evidence and arguments. He has re- reasons for his argument. Donald Trump so often, and, and Joe Biden did some of this, but the Trump phenomenon, for whatever reason, he gets to make as many claims as possible, like, I'm going to win the House with no evidence— and he does such a poor job of providing evidence for his arguments that he loses credibility. And then when you say he doesn't have any credibility with me, people go, well, you just have Trump derangement syndrome. It's like, no, I'm just treating him like I would treat Odie or Howie or Reinhold, like, or how I would expect to be treated if I continually said I'm going like, that's why he got called out on the health care stuff. I'm going to have the best health care plan. He's literally been saying that it's two weeks from now we're going to unveil the health care plan for the last four years, or we're going to lock up Hillary Clinton. He, but Chris, we, we uh, expect, weakest, ev- one we of expect areas, evidence for these claims, but not the American people. Evidence isn't like a big popular thing with them. They're pretty much emotional animals. In fact, it's quite unpopular. <laughs> it's, it's very unpopular. You try to like present us, evidence. You're, us maybe, you know. I don't know if it's the libertarian world, but at least us here. Evidence kind of drives the, what we uh, go with, but the American people, not so much. Maybe, but that may be why his polling is he's never really gotten above 43% in likability. Like, I just think, you know, like Joe Biden, when he says he's going to kill off the oil industry in five years, that's a claim that everybody knows there's no evidence that he has the ability to do that. Like, he, he can't do it, you know? And he, he, if he's trying to be the more credible, more honest candidate tonight, I thought was really bad for him. I thought he I looked... I can't believe he said that. That is unbelievable that he said that. His... He... Some people probably don't know it, but some of just the lies in these debates make me so angry. Like yeah. when he repeated the lie again about Putin putting bounties on Russian soldiers, which we know from our intel sources now is not true. It's just like makes me so furious. But nobody, I'm sure 99% of people watching it think, oh, yeah, Putin did that. Or one per- less than 1% of the, kit- of the people who were... Uh, the asylum seekers came back for their hearings. That was that's not true either. It's like over forty five percent. 
or higher than that. I mean, all I those idiots less than one percent thing. It's it still would probably be smarter not to go to the trial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it just it's frustrating right about that part. It's frustrating to watch two politicians stand there and make these claims, know they're all bullshit, and then just have so many people go, well, I like even libertarians, it's like they're secretly rooting for Trump or they're secretly rooting for Biden instead of just going like, no, these guys are just full of shit. They're just making things up. Call them on their bullshit and nobody ever does. Well, what do you mean by that? Because I wouldn't vote for either of these war colonels. I'm going to vote for Joe Jorgensen. But it, I do have a preference of which one of them wins. And it's not secret <laughs> for him. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Howie Hawkins? <laughs> I mean, us Howies do got to stick together. There's not too many. I, I told Mark this. I was thinking about you the other day. I was like, I wonder if Howie's voting for Howie because there's not many Howies. Like, I would totally, if I were a Howie, I think about voting for Howie Hawkins just to support my Howie. My you have Howie to friend. at least consider it. I hadn't, I hadn't really considered it up until now. But How often do you get a point? I, to, I have been a little uh, disappointed with the campaign. I might, I might have to do it now. Well, you, you can't vote for Howie uh, Hawkins in uh, Pennsylvania because the Democrats forced him off the ballot. Really? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know if he's on the ballot here or not. Did you see in Montana that the uh, Green Party he got the, the Green Party got tossed off there and it the Green Party put out a statement basically saying we have no idea who paid for all these signatures to try and get us on the ballot in the first place and then it got leaked that it was the same Republican law firm that tried to do it 2 years before. <laughs> yeah, doesn't surprise me. We should just give up on this voting thing. It's ridiculous, really. <laughs> That's that's the cynical Howie we love. All right, so Howie, <laughs> what were your general have. what were your general impressions of the debate? Well, first off, I was really pleased that it wasn't the big disaster the last one was. Like like the last time, I w- I was hoping for a shit show, but not like as bad as it was. It was it was even off putting to me just how ridiculous the last one was. But this, I thought this was pretty good. And if you're going to off put Howie, you're doing some really crazy shit right there. Because <laughs> Howie like, does not get off put very It's often. like, I, I kind of enjoy watching things collapse. But that was just too much even for me. I, it was, I don't know. I was taken aback. I was not expecting that. But this time we did get to hear from both candidates. Um, you know, as we said, they're, they're both full of shit. But there are some revealing things to people that actually follow things and pay attention uh, and I even I thought the uh, the moderator did it did a good job way better than Chris, so Chris Wallace. I felt she interrupted too much to try and be a hard ass instead of kind of letting them have some exchanges that I was kind of like into hearing what Trump had to had to say in response. And she kept kind of interrupting because she didn't want to be Chris Wallace by the her colleagues. Were you guys annoyed by the moderator, too? Or is that just me? I, I thought she did a much better job than Chris Wallace overall. I mean, Chris Wallace just totally lost control and then kind of fed into it, you know, escalating his own voice. But I thought the funny part was there were a couple times early on when Trump was, you know, trying to respond to something Biden said. And she'll say, OK, just 10 seconds, 10 seconds, uh, five seconds, five seconds. Or maybe she didn't say five seconds, but just like real short, like response times. It's like that's I mean, that's kind of ridiculous. Odie, did you see when some, something happened? She says to Joe Biden, she's like, would you like to respond to that? And he's like, no. Well, okay. <laughs> oh, his response was no to what the question Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> Reinhold, what were you? I'll say. Go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead, Mark. No, 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 no. I was just going to make a random comment about the scariest thing <laughs> that I heard, honestly, either candidate say to me. 
is was Trump coming out with this uh what did he call it Operation Fast Track or Operation Warp yeah. Speed Operation Warp oh. Speed I think it was having the military oh, yeah, I've heard yeah. him mention it before but I it's the first time I really I don't know I guess that it really was like what the fuck are you talking about man uh, that the military is going to rapidly distribute the vaccine what does that mean distribute the vaccine does it mean they're there offering to hand it out if you want it or does it mean they're going around knocking on doors yeah. distributing the vaccine that's what I want Since I don't the- like it either way. Since the first time I since the first time I heard this, it's fueled my fears of a mandatory vaccine. So they this has been discussed a little bit because part of the challenge is that there is no national infrastructure, which is why this is all not a great idea, because like we were talking about with the smoking bans 10 years ago here in Indianapolis, that system that was built is now being used for COVID to implement that and is being ramped up and, 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 and empowered and they will be used again for something else down the Wait, road. What was the system for smoking bans? And so they basically hired a bunch of public health employees to go around to local bars and restaurants and make sure that people weren't smoking in office plate uh, offices when they outlawed smoking. And that none of that went away. Those people still are on the payrolls and they didn't have much to do. Thank goodness for COVID. And so the problem for, vaccines getting out into the population quickly are that there are not a lot of like the the uh, the amount of vaccines that would be created and then immediately distributed is is far greater a supply than the chain has to distribute and so what the federal government has looked at doing is bringing on the national guard essentially so sort of what the national guard does in times of emergency which is you don't have the policing power to manage this crisis, so we'll bring in some trained troops to help you with the riot or the flooding and bring (laughs) bring those people in to start distributing the vaccine and use those military trucks to to get it from point A to point B to point C. Is that all we're talking about? Is like using trucks to move things? Or are we like... That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying, Here's the thing, though. It's not the National Guard. He said the military. He said he he had generals. Right. Right. He doesn't control. He's got like, I got this general guy who's ready to go. I'm like, what are you? What and, are you and he's also about? saying he's going to have a hundred million vials ready to just go. Into <laughs> how, many, obviously how, many, how many people Ooh, think that Donald Trump knows how government works and, and thinks that he is being honest and is telling us the truth? Like, I don't. Donald Trump not. doesn't that, know that, what that, he's yeah. talking about. That's kind of the emotional like response. It right. doesn't. Like, it, what he's the point he's trying to convey. He's not trying to tell you the inner logistics of how it's going to happen. He's saying, "I got this general guy who's raring and ready to go. We got a hundred million vaccines, and he's going to. We're going to get it out to you." And he says the word military. Most Americans have a lot of respect for the military. Libertarian circles, you know, a little bit different. But uh, that's, I mean, that's the path he's going down. It's the emotional response. You could trust the military. You can trust this uh, infrastructure. So that, that's the only thing he's going for, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I think he's, it's exactly right. He's using language that he thinks he can sell. Never forget, as Odie and I talk about occasionally, he's a salesman. He, he takes it to the extreme to draw you back, to, to negotiate his point back. Like, he, he is a bullshitter. It's why I just don't like him as a president is because he's constantly bullshitting like he would as if he's it's a sales job. You know, it's he's he's a used car sales. Yeah, I do think with the vaccine, though, that us white men should put our privilege aside and allow others to get the vaccine first. I I loved the question to Kamala. Would you get the vaccine first? And she went, "Uh, well, I, uh, I, I don't trust Donald Trump's vaccine. It was like. 
Okay. I want to see Pelosi. I want to see Trump. I want to see Fauci. I want to see all those people lined up there taking the vaccine first because it's the right thing to do to model. It's good leadership. And then we'll give it three weeks and the rest of us will take it. Now they'll just go do a photo shoot and have a have some guy sticking a fake needle in him and be like and give it the thumbs up. Look, I'm taking my COVID vaccine. They did that in another country. I, I wish I remembered the specifics, but it was like the president is somewhere and they were giving him like, it was the flu vaccine, but they still had the plastic cap on the needle. And like, you can see in the picture. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of the debate was when Biden was going on some emotional appeal saying how much he loved America and how much he's working for Americans. And my brain went, you sir are full of shit. And I don't believe this. This is an over rehearsed line that, your your you your people told you you had to do, and Donald Trump goes, "You're full of shit. <laughs> no, you're a politician. <laughs> Nobody believes you." And it was that was probably my favorite moment of the debate. What was your favorite moments? Well, the biggest mystery is who built the cages. <laughs> I don't I I don't know, who but I, 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 do, I all I know is we need a who built the cages T-shirt in the Lions Liberty Store soon. <laughs> As and if with lions in the cage, we know who like, built them. We know who filled them. So, uh, uh, who who has been in charge of the cages for five years? Like, if you find if you both find it egregious, well, Donald, you can end it right now. Like, just because they built it uh, suddenly, well, they built it. I had like they built nuclear weapons. I had to deploy them. Like, the real takeaway should be that the genocide this entire system agrees. Continue it. <laughs> right. I, this I entire system. Down. Republican and Democrat alike agree with our shitty immigration laws overall. They might have slight, slight tweaks here and there, but they both basically execute what I feel is horrific enforcement of border laws, which I don't even think the border should exist. So that's my thing. But um, yeah, it's, the point real takeaway. It's horrific, but you got to understand what was going on. So there were there were cages there that uh, they would put them people in for a temporary thing, and then they would do the catch release thing that. Trump yells about Trump came in and did zero tolerance policy, right? He said, nobody gets released. So they had to house those people. So not only did they use the existing couple of detention centers that they might've had, they started building large detention centers. Those large detention centers were built by a guy who uh, a company that a guy runs runs that was in the first year of Donald's administration to Trump's administration and then left. So he wrote the policy on where they were going to send the, the zero tolerance policy, leaves the administration, goes to work for this company, and goes and builds all of those detention centers. <laughs> it's not surprising. Right. That's how. And, that's the same thing that happened with the TSA. The rapid guy. The yeah. guy who were yeah with, with the uh, rapid scan. My favorite company name. I, I forget what his his role was. He was involved somewhere in the oh yeah the, the previous he, administration. Uh, wait, I'm sorry. And then he leaves and that's that's his product. I remember his name. Yeah. The TSA yeah. was rapey scan. Yeah, the rapey yeah. Scan. That's the name of the uh, the, the uh, one of the scanner companies that uh, for the you know the. Uh, I don't know if it's the the current ones, but the original scanners. Yeah. I remember the first time I went through an airport, like shortly after those came in, I just started laughing so hard when I saw it because the name's right on there. It says Rapey Scan. I was just like, <laughs> really, guys? Really? That's what's happening. Just telling here. you what it is. But but the uh, then you hear Trump talking about corruption, and it's just like really. I mean, that was always surprised. That I think that's why Biden won the nomination, and and a lot of people don't understand maybe why Biden won out of all the other people, but Biden. And his pick, Kamala, blunts a lot of Trump's attacks. How can they how can they go after Biden for uh, not being as much of a, a, 
a law and order guy, you know, he, he, he can't say that. So he's got to try something else. He can't, you know, go after him on a lot of issues. That's why he keeps trying to throw AOC plus three. Yeah, he hasn't. All the stuff is AOC plus three. They're, he's going to have to do everything that the left liberals have have want him to do. That's his only attack. He can't attack Joe because all of the attacks that he would normally use are blunted. And you saw that in the debate when he tried something like that with Biden and Biden goes, uh, it was healthcare. He goes, I beat all those people because I'm not what I'm not for single payer. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, Biden, but he, what he's trying to do, he's. He's trying to get Biden to disenchant all the Bernie bros. Yeah, I mean, that's part, that, that's part of it. It but does, because he needs them to win. Those it, people will he's, crawl he's, over he, glass to vote. Like, didn't have, Hillary didn't have them. It, it doesn't matter. Hillary. Bernie got cheated <laughs> twice. You don't you, think those people are this, pissed? This race is about Trump yeah. exhaustion syndrome. Yeah. People are tired. Just exhausted. They don't I, want I, him to be president anymore. 60% of the people listen, wanted him thrown out during the, the impeachment. Okay. They didn't I, just change their mind. I know a lot of far left communists that want Biden and Kamala destroyed. Right. But they were going to vote for a anybody lot. else. How many far left, left communists do you hang out with, Howie? You'd be surprised the circles that Howie hangs out. Actually, edit that part out. That might affect my job. <laughs> we're live, pal. <laughs> no, it's like, listen, it, they look at it the same way. That, like, Austin Peterson, when he talks about voting for Trump, he views it as self-protection. He doesn't like Trump, but he's better than Biden. And so if you're on the far left, you look at it and go, I don't really care. I know that Biden, you know, Biden has this horrendous record with the crime bills and the drug war and was the Republicans' favorite senator. And the wars. (laughs) And the wars. And, like, but... He's worse. He's going to be better for the issues I care about than Donald Trump. And I don't know why we don't recognize that, like, the far left, it's none of this is about the far left or the far right. It's all about, like, that 10 to 15 percent. It's and that's why you look at these suburbs like here in Indiana, we have uh, the fifth district, which is a was a deeply red district. And it's now probably going to swing to the Democrats. And and it's just and largely because of women. You know, and it's not because women are, are uh, by and large super ideological. I think they're a lot more practical about politics than men are a lot of times. And they go, nah, this is just all ludicrous. This is foolish. I, I, I can't can't take this. That 10 percent, that 20 percent in the middle who really don't have a ton of allegiance that fall into all this are are going for Biden. That's like the registrations. The Republicans are all in on these registrations. But there's a lot of independent registration and like 60% of those independent registrations are all going to Biden. The Gary Johnson vote, half of it's going to Biden. And it's just, you know, we talk a lot. I, Bill I see, Weld vote. Bill Weld, he got Bill Weld. He got Bill Weld. You know, I, I see a lot of it going, well, it's just Trump's words. If what people, a surprise. If people look at Trump's <laughs> policies, then it's not as do bad. Do you think Bill Weld, this is a tangent, but do you think yes. Bill Weld even voted for Gary Johnson? No. Uh, I, I doubt it. I, really I doubt honestly it. don't think he did. Yes, because he was on the ballot and he wanted to make sure he got the vote. No, but he, he really think so. Yes. How much Bill Weld hates Trump. Bill, hates, I'm saying I think he hates Trump enough to vote against himself. He might have, he might have voted for Hillary. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Bill Weld Just, loves Bill Weld more than he hates Donald Trump. Whenever he finally responds to my interview request, I'll be sure to ask him. Well, we, we I, have I, think, I think if he if he loved himself more than hated Trump, then he would have said some of the things he said. Bill Weld doesn't love himself. That's why he drinks so much. Come on. Yeah, there's some bar. Uh, there's some bar in uh, Massachusetts. Allegedly, he was very offended by that. Allegedly, the Bill Weld, the Bill Weld regulars, and uh, one of our hey, pride I'm members, Josh, Josh Anderson, ran into him there. 
And uh, we just got to, you know, story. once the COVID stuff is over, we just got to, you know, position ourselves and get in that bar and then uh, buy him a couple drinks. <laughs> we have to go to this Bill. specific bar Bill, in Boston. did you vote for yourself in 2016? Come on. Come on. It's a little more whiskey? A little more whiskey? Come on. Tell me the truth. Yeah. I won't share his private story that he shared with us on a private Zoom call, but let's just say it didn't It didn't show Bill Weld as being the best character in the world. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Again, yeah, we'll leave shocked. that part out. You, no shit. Edit <laughs> that part out. Oh, wait. No. I mean... That's how he would say. There's five years of, of bad character. I, when he was here in Indiana... He, he he gave this speech and he kind of like he gave a defense and for some of the things and he was re- he took he took the tough questions that the delegates threw at him he he answered it all he didn't shy away from any of it his answers were reasonable and then he just like was aloof and arrogant and a jerk afterwards and didn't I don't think he stuck around very long Reinhold he didn't and he refused to interview and and he refused to talk to us. Podcaster. And like he, he gave a question and answer, or not? I don't think it was even question and answer. I think he just gave a talk at Porkfest. We slept through it, uh, but I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll try to grab him afterwards." He he, his talk was at eight o'clock, not this Porkfest, but the year before. Prior, uh, his talk was at like eight a.m. and he was gone at like eight forty-two. Like yeah. he was out of there. He did a, he did a, a Q and A at the end of uh, the Indiana one, and I remember Carolyn Karen Karen, Karen, Karen Ann Harlos had a bunch of questions for him on that but yeah he was fine when everybody's watching but if you're in indiana a heavily prag state and we are libertarians wants to talk to you which which arguably has the largest prag population in the delegates right like why would you why would you treat those people poorly it just the guy didn't want to be in the libertarian party it was always evident he just wanted a path to get power it was very clear become relevant again yeah uh, the path of power. Why the hell was he in the Libertarian Party? And why, why the hell yeah, did he run in the GOP on. primary? That right. makes even less sense. Guys, I just found out the Eagles lost. Are you serious? Oh, man. Son wow. of a bitch. <laughs> breaking news. Right, Brian right. is breaking something <laughs> right now. I guarantee it. <laughs> so, no matter which one of these two wins, governing-wise, to me, I don't think it's really been much different. But the thing that I'm concerned about is whoever wins, regardless, I think there's going to be a lot of rioting and chaos. Half the country is not going to think the election is legitimate. And I just think things are going to get really crazy and really bad pretty soon. And it's a bit concerning to me. Does anybody else share these concerns yeah i live in los angeles i think the city's gonna be on fire in two weeks yeah are you, are you gonna stay in the city like for the election yeah. or you, am i gonna go do you think that the i gotta city, go to work that day i mean what am i supposed to do do you think there's riots regardless of who wins regardless i'm not sh- I, I, well, i'm talking to mark in, in my case I, here no i think what the riots are if trump wins here okay so you think but Trump's going to win? Places, I, don't know. I, I think there might be some riots if Biden wins, but I just don't think the right. There might really... be celebrations if Biden wins that turn yeah. into. You don't you know, think the, the poor I don't boys? Think the right, the, I don't think the right really riots too much. No. Uh, Do you the hear left is... when Biden called the Proud Boys the poor boys? That was actually. Yeah. <laughs> was that, that on purpose? Was a, or a he does not know what they are. Purpose, but... No, that they. Uh, this group recently did like they're kind of war gaming out the election and it was with Jeffrey Tubin. Was it John, John Podesta? No, not that back. That was so funny. By the way, we're on a break right now, guys. Just a second. I'm just going to, I'll be right back. (laughs) Video's off, right? Um, John, well, John well, that Podesta answers playing, Bobby's playing. question of who who is the most likely to masturbate. So, well, what timing, Bobby? I think we know the answer. 
John Podesta was playing Biden in it, but the the outcome and all all their different scenarios was like violence in the streets and political turmoil. I I mean the thing is I I do think we won't know who won and they're not going to de- declare right. a winner probably until at least Thanksgiving or later. Which that is might tamp down so some of weird. the unrest actually. I I don't know I don't I don't think it's going to be quite that but you know. It's just my opinion. I my thought opinion. I thought it I would was love to be wrong. I thought it was trending towards a landslide, but this oil thing. Trump, that, tr- Trump will people have already voted. It's, 30, it's 40, I think it was was it forty three million people. Yeah, have but voted? the people already voting, like their vote wasn't. I mean, people doing early voting and mail in voting now. They, I mean, they're not going to swing their vote. No they're what right. They're going to swing their vote. That's the point. This, this oh, no, the, there are people who. Or, or still, I, I guarantee you that would either thinking about not voting or voting for Trump or, you know, considering a third party or Trump. I think that's the undecided votes. So driving home from work today, I was thinking about the outcome of the election as like there's too many variables. I couldn't possibly guess who's going to win. Like, yeah. I have no idea. But tonight after I got home and I watched the press conference of uh, Hunter Biden's associate. I was like, yeah, I think it's going to be Trump because this is going to be made a big deal out of pretty soon. But does anybody people, care? People watching the debates didn't know what it was. Fox News is covering it. Yeah, but like that's still only yeah. 7 million people in the country that watch that out of the 150 that are going to vote. Well, it's not only Fox News. I mean, that's not where I heard about it. But I'm just, I was just ma- naming a mainstream media source that is covering it. Uh, here's, it, it was actually like played on fox news like the his press statement was like a fox news interview type thing yeah like i haven't i haven't dived into the hunter biden stuff we're going to talk about it on saturday and i got to do all my homework tomorrow but like i saw that the the reporter who actually wrote the original new york post article didn't put his byline on it because he was uh, embarrassed by it like there's a lot of problems that seem to to be arising from that and i think that kind of kills it but i'd also yeah i'd also say hold i also say like Billy, uh, you know, uh, Billy Carter, uh, George, uh, Bill Clinton's brother, like none of these people or, or uh, the drug addict brother the, for George Bush, the oldest, like none of those people ever really factor in. And my view of all this is that Donald Trump is kind of setting this up because he's he knows he's probably going to lose. And so what Donald Trump wants to do is he's going to. Do to Joe Biden what Hillary Clinton did to him, which is what the Republicans and Ken Starr did to Bill Clinton. So they basically, if you follow like the the Whitewater investigations with Starr, almost all of the shit that happened to Donald Trump is all the stuff that Starr did to them. It was like payback. And then like he's going to do that to Joe Biden. He's going to use it to undermine the presidency of Joe Biden because Donald Trump is all about personal grievance. Well, yeah, and all this is going to continue. Like these kind of things will continue to happen. Every kid president from now on is going to be impeached. It's like good. Oh yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'm just waiting for it all to collapse. No, no, it's you gotta understand. I, I, I <laughs> want them. Anybody who's close to any lines, and Trump has crossed a bunch of them. Get them out of there. Impeach them. Vote them out. Put someone new in. If they do it, impeach them, vote them out, get someone new in. Until we take our country back by voting these people out when they do wrong, then we're, we're, we're letting them do it. We're just letting this happen. And that's when the only way it's going to change is us to just say enough of it. Quit worrying about the the uh, 
partisanship of it and say this guy was wrong get him out of there trump broke so many laws and crossed so many lines and destroyed so many norms as it were he he needs to he needs to be go and he needs to be uh probably uh, indicted and everything else and get him in jail and I, make I, him pay for it. I agree that them all need to be out and indicted and in jail, but I really do not think that voting is going to ever no. get get us there, ever. Let's see, I take, so, the, I take the opposite tack of Reinhold, and this was our argument for impeachment because he was all for it. I was against impeachment because it, it never was going to change anything. It's a divisive exercise for almost no reason. And I would say to our, our buddy Justin here, oh, God, Spangle is going there. <laughs> There's about as much evidence. So my reaction to the Steele dossier and the Russia gate and the Russia collusion in the beginning, if you go back and listen to We Are Libertarians, was an eye roll. All right, I'll wait for more evidence. And there never was really concrete evidence in that period of time to really show that there was collusion between the campaign and Russia. And there was a lot of tangential things that never really got tied together. And that's how the Hunter Biden stuff feels, too. And so if you're going to be consistent and not really take the Steele dossier seriously, why would you look at the tangential one email saying the big guy wants his cut? Well, who knows who the big guy is? You're making leaps and assumptions in the way that the Steele well, dossier the, the did. Person who who the knows email, what pizza is? The person who the email was sent to <laughs> has come out and said it was Joe Biden. And we know napkins are. nobody what? has denied the validity of but, the emails or that the laptop was Joe Hunter. Biden and his campaign have, but that's... No, they have, they have not said it's not Hunter's yeah. laptop. Or they he said they're not like real, real emails? No, they have not no. said that. They haven't said no. that. They, they, did, they, they just uh, said they it's a, dis, a disinformation They campaign. said the whole thing is Russian disinformation campaign. They did not say It's they're... just like the Steele document. The, the Steele dossier, here's how it works. It's the, not, the, though. It's How is it not? This is why I Because the there's up. actual look, look, look. emails. His actual Hunter Biden's, Hunter Biden's signature is on, like, the thing for the computer store. Mm-hmm. Um, they've, what up? We'll all find out soon enough. So, so what, will we? I don't think we, I don't think we ever I mean, will because have we will ne- hold on. We will never find out. Says something. No, yeah, we're never going to find out. We're shit. never going to find Gi- out because Giuliani, they want the argument Giuliani to continue. This cop. What I'm saying is Giuliani has this copy of this thing, and he's saying this is what this stuff is on here, and he's let a few people who are friendly to him. He's see given it. it to the FBI and, and the Delaware police. It's to the police. The police aren't doing anything. You know why? Because. It, oh. Investigation of this. Yeah. So so first of all, Giuliani's got a hold of supposedly child porn and he's had for a year kind of big boy jail stuff. Then he's also got the fact that he's now accusing Hunter of sexually uh, misappropriate being sexually inappropriate with uh, Biden's grandson, a granddaughter. A fourteen-year-old right. girl. When he was when this. he was dating his brother's widow, but there's, she right, sent but text no. message to him saying that she didn't appreciate him being naked and smoking crack around the kids. It was creating and in that text message also all says these that rules. when she the rules. didn't happen. Wow, so strict. <laughs> you don't think that happened? She says it didn't happen in the text. If I you read I, the whole. Hold thing. on, hold on. Let me ask you guys: Why do I give a fuck? I don't care. I don't. I, so, so let, let me tell you all that's going to matter about tonight was the line Trump had, which I thought was fantastic when they were asking Trump about his tax returns and you know digging through. You know, you're, you're, Biden's calling him corrupt. Trump's calling Biden corrupt, and uh, Trump goes, "You guys spent forty-eight million dollars on the Mueller on the Mueller report, wherever it was, Russia Gate, mm-hmm. found nothing." 
And because I could I could spend a million I could spend a million dollars and find more. Found a lot of things on the Mueller report. That's the thing is that the Mueller part wasn't a a nothing burger. Uh, There was a lot in there. There uh, was no collusion in there, but there was a lot in there. There was a bunch of obstruction of justice in there. There was a bunch. We found out through the Roger Stone trial. You can't obstruct. Did know about the WikiLeaks? If there was not a crime, you can't obstruct like (laughs) a crime that didn't happen. Can. Well, you Who shouldn't be told able to. you that? That's such bullshit. No, it's 45 minutes for it just doesn't make sense. Exactly it does. It makes no up. sense to. I like, committed no so crime. I, so no, no. Here's here's. If I accuse you of rape, right? Yeah. And they're are investigating. You, are you doing that rape. to be clear? Uh, right so we're just we're just talking. Howie, Howie is clean. If if I accuse <laughs> you of rape, and they're investigating it, and then I try to bribe. Uh, the the officers to look the other way, even if I'm not guilty of doing it. Right, and they find later that it didn't happen. I still obstructed justice. There does not have to be a proof of crime in order for a obstruction of justice. What do words even mean? What justice did you stop? Yeah, but we live in a we we have a system of the rule of law. Like if if you want the rules to apply to we we, do we really have a justice system, or do we just have a system that they use in order to entrap people in crimes? Well, depends on how much money you have. I'm going to go with the expert from Felony Friday on this one. <laughs> which, can we talk about Trump just uh, gave clemency to uh, five people yesterday? Yes. Which is nice. One person. So what um, about Ross Ulbricht? Whose wife was just on. We'll see. It might happen. It might happen before the election. I'd love to see Ross Ulbricht get. That'd be uh, the only way he could get me to vote for him. That'd be amazing. I would vote for him. If he, uh, if he grants Ross clemency, I'm voting for Trump. I'll say it right now. I'll retweet that you're voting for Trump if he does it, but I won't vote for Trump. <laughs> I, I don't see him. You know, he won't do Snowden, do and that. I don't think he'll do Ulbricht. He'll do, he'll do all the people who are in his periphery who are still under, you know, he's got to do Flynn because Flynn's put himself in a horrible situation. Um, he should do Flynn. Th- there's a lot of people he's, he's going to be pardoning. Yeah. So he's got to. If he were going to do it, he was going. he would do it for votes. And he'd do it now. He'd do it in the next week and a half. If he doesn't do it before election day, I don't think he was, he will do it at all. Unless so he, I, I was wondering though, what if he loses? What's he gonna do during that month? What will happen? Oh, that's then? we talked about that. There that's might be some be wild stuff. So there, be a, so here, be here, here are the reports that that have been talked about. So they, everyone pardoned, <laughs> just everyone, oh, awesome. not far off. So empty the channels. Libertarians nips may get hard and might vote for Joe Biden just for this outcome because. If Trump loses, what they're preparing is a whole list of bureaucrats and government positions that they're just going to completely eliminate. You'll you'll see people like Fauci and Ray and all these lifelong people that are in the yeah. news that he doesn't like get fired. And a big that reason the most compelling case for Biden I've heard. And yeah. so one of the problems for Donald, so if you read The Fifth Risk by Michael Lewis, which was a really good book, he kind of talks about how Trump never really filled out these bureaucratic positions with his people because he didn't have people. And so like 25 percent of the government just never went staffed. And the problem is, as these positions never got filled and you've got 20 to 40 percent of the government and these administrative state positions unfilled. And then Joe Biden gets into office. What happens? He fills all those people with even worse people than if, you know, if, if let's say 
Uh, typically what happens is a, a president comes in like Trump and, and he's on the right and he'll bring in AEI and Heritage and Cato and fill out all these administrative state positions. And then the Democrats come in and they fill it in with the Center for American Progress. But Trump never did any of that. And so as a defensive maneuver, he's just going to eliminate all of those positions and a, sh- and a ton of regulations. And he is going to... Uh, so I, I liken it to when I played fantasy football and I kind of gave up and I stopped playing. And in the last, in like week 10, I'd just, dele- I'd just release all of my son, players. Son of a bitch. I would release, oh, you're that guy. I would release that all of my worst. players just to, to for joker-like chaos. And that's Never sort of what he's going to do. Ever. <laughs> so we should vote for Joe Biden is what you're saying. I think Chris just sold me, to be honest. I, I, I've never the problem, problem going to happen. I think I could be convinced, but uh, he just I, might have done it. I'm but then Trump Biden and just recreate those positions, or, you know, yeah, was that really problem, gonna... Biden's going to come in. He's going to have the House. Yeah. He's probably going to have the Senate. Yeah. He can, he can put, fill all that stuff in, get everybody confirmed, and have basically what he wants across the board without the political fallout that a president usually comes in with where they don't replace a lot of those people. Well, he's right. going to have a harder time than you think because he's going to have absolutely like when Bush transitioned to Obama, they were like all they were like binders for every single job like they binders full of women. They they gave so many like, and then Obama left like all these people and they talk about in that fifth risk book like they they had like meeting rooms set up and like at the chamber at the, at the commerce department and they expected like teams of people to come in to prepare and like Wilbur Ross just shows up one day and he's like yeah I'm the new commerce secretary show me where my office is at and like there was zero transition whatsoever and so Biden's preparing for like not it, like Clinton the, the worst thing Clinton did that was like the worst transition in modern history and like it's because he stole all the K's off of keyboards in the White House and it was a big scandal didn't he fire like the whole Justice Department so yeah anybody who was working a case against him was gone right but you gotta remember <laughs> oh, Biden's gonna go and say okay I need to fill all these positions I don't know what to do I've got a lot of people that were in those positions back when Obama was in president. Am I the only one not surprised that Chris is trying to find out landish reasons to vote for Biden? <laughs> I was asked a question and I explained. I what, love that we can have comments on this, by the way. What, these were reasonable reasons. This is this is literally yeah. the leaks out of the White House as to what Trump is planning to do after he leaves. And I made a sarcastic joke. I'm sorry that you're not intelligent enough to see that. <laughs> All right, Ooh, I think he on. just called Kenneth low IQ. Very Trump. There's a, yeah, there's a difference. Well, between when, so a lot of times we, we talk about things that are opinions that we have views on and things like that. But there's also we also comment on things that are uh, how we see the reality of what's going on. Like, I, I don't want Biden or Trump to win, but I can look at what's going on in the polling and I can make an assumption of what I think is going to happen. So I think a lot of people get confused on when we do all this commentation commenting on things is that where's the line between what's our opinion and what we what we're just reporting on you have to actually explain what's going on or else you can't effectively give an opinion because people don't know what's like people don't have context to the news anymore hey i forgot uh, my funniest moment in the debate that was something we were talking about i don't know if it's funny to anybody else It, it was just funny to me um, well, there was a couple actually, <laughs> I, both of them might've been jokes that I'm making up in my head that weren't supposed to be jokes. I'm pretty sure that's actually true. Uh, one was when 
you know, we already talked about when Trump said I'm the least racist person in the room. But then, <laughs> then, but then right after that, he's like, I can't even see the audience. It's so dark in here. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to go there. <laughs> I was like, bad. Bad. Being, I don't think he actually meant that at all, but I, I think he was just trying to say I can't didn't. see. But he, it he, came but, across but that, that way. Is- he doesn't have that in his mind to understand that that may not be the best way to phrase that. Because no, exactly. That's, that's my point. This justifies that he's the least racist person in the room. He didn't even think about that. He's so not racist. He doesn't even think about that as racist. He was sued twice for not renting to black people. And I'm trying to figure out how that makes him not the racist person in the room. Am I the only one that was really annoyed that Biden had a mask on just so he could have him front for one second? That was my first note. That was very, that was that was very so done for a reason. Obvious. Yes. Yeah. I mentioned. I even wrote that down. That was my first note. I was like, mm-hmm. Biden yeah. is really making yeah. sure to be seen removing his mask. So we all know he had the mask on. Whereas Trump gives no fucks. Well, he's a um, mute. I said that to my mom today. She's like, we don't know that. <laughs> I like how he's like, they well, took mom, me. I'm immune. Who knows like how long? Maybe two pirate. months. Maybe forever. I don't know. But I'm immune. <laughs> and then also, uh, Biden said something that also was not meant to be a joke and probably wasn't to most people. But he said, uh, I've been looking to, you know. Take back all the stuff we did with the 94, you know, um, let people out of jail. Nobody should be in jail for for having you know, personal amounts of drugs, especially cocaine. And I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, I missed that. Wow. I was thinking I was actually like, well, what about crack, though? He literally said, especially <laughs> cocaine. That's a quote. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> and I laughed very hard at that as well. I, was, was unintentional, I, but- I got angry every time he mentioned Scranton. I did like when, when uh, I like how but Trump was like, you're not, you're not really from Scranton. Oh, and us people from Scranton, we, we can't afford to own stocks like you rich folk. It, it, I don't know why this Scranton thing, the Scranton thing really bugs him because I've seen him say that about Biden a couple times. He's like, he's not even from Scranton. It, it's like, I don't he, consider him from Scranton. He, he moved when he was like three from Scranton, but I never saw him there. <laughs> for, for some reason, that's like some sort of really weird trigger for Trump and it just pushes his button. Isn't there a yeah, statue of Joe Biden too. in Scranton? Or no? no, there's not. Oh, okay. I must. So have there was a, there was one thing he said too that really got me was that he's, he's like, Delaware, I'm the reason that. I you're you're the reason I ran. You 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 and Obama are the reason I ran for president. And I'm trying to figure it out. Can you remember was Obama president in 2000 when he ran for president? Well, no, no, no. The, the this he last didn't really run he this last time when he ran. It was because he Obama ran. Obama made fun of him at Obama made fun of him at that dinner, and that's like what did it. <laughs> you know, what yeah, was see, I don't that? Think he really what's that like press dinner? It's usually like a big jokey thing that Trump won't have it. Yeah, or won't go to it. Like Obama, like was busting the correspondence Trump. dinner. Yeah, yeah. Obama was busting Trump's balls, and I think that's when he decided to run. You're talking about um, <laughs> Reinhold in. 2000 what was that the reform party that he ran on he, yeah he or? tried to run on the reform party he was saying that we need to third third parties should be on the debate stage this is horrible that this is happening and he got so bad numbers that he dropped out like a month and a half later yeah he was like After trying to run in their primary but he didn't he didn't actually go through with it ultimately or I don't know if they have a primary, but however the reform no, party it chose, a, it's, he, chose it, not primary. Yeah, he was you know. he was trying to yeah he was trying to run and get a name for himself, and he was going to run and and he he did what he does now. He was trying to do that back then, and it just nobody cared because it was he, it wasn't one of the two parties. Do, do you so think he, that he initially ran for president to you know whatever reason? I don't even know why. Uh, 
publicity or what have you to start a TV network. And then this just happened to him, like many yes. people believe. Or do you think that he he really is, you know, 7D chess or whatever have you like this? Is, I, I don't necessarily believe that to the fullest extent, but I also don't think he's an idiot. But it, do you actually think that he, he didn't intend to win the presidency when he first ran? I don't think he expected. I don't think he asking Reinhold, Howie. I think he was more. Oh, sorry. Uh, you can answer too. <laughs> no, whatever. I don't. I, I, so I think that he had a couple of minds. One is, is that I want to do this to get publicity. Uh, I'm really good at smacking uh, from the sidelines, so I can I can say a bunch of stuff, get a lot of publicity, and then I can kind of build my name up a little bit and go make money off of it. Yeah. Now, if I win, cool. But I, I don't think he went in with the anticipation that he was going to win. I think he went in the anticipation was he's going to get something out of it. And then if he does win, then gravy for him. So the tax return showed that he made like $600 million off of The Apprentice from NBC. And that was winding down and about to get canceled. And he had over he had used a lot of that money to buy new golf courses. He had bought like 15 different properties in just a few years and kind of needed some – he needed to goose that. And so – my you know, money, my problems. Yeah, man. Shit. Like, so I, hate, I hate when that happens when I make six hundred million bucks and I buy too many golf courses. <laughs> I gotta figure out oh, what do I do now? No, it's drunk night on eBay. So <laughs> he he six million dollars done. Ten million dollars done. I've, I've just gotten drunk about like. So he basically tried to he's he ran for the primary because he did this in eighty eight and two thousand, like we said to goose up some some attention for himself, and he was like, "There's no way I'll ever make it through the primary and win." And then he started doing well, and he—I forget what one of these tell-all books. Doing well, he started just cleaning up. I yeah, mean, it, and there was one of these tell-all books where he looked at the person and was like, "How do I get out of this?" Uh, because, and then so, then uh, uh, this is a well-known rumor here in Indiana. Like on election night, in when he won, Karen Pence looked at Mike Pence and, and because they only did this because he was going to lose the governor's race and they thought Trump would lose and then it would set him up for a run this year because the second Mike Pence got elected, he started polling in Iowa. Like, it was literally within two months. And so when they won and North Carolina was announced, Karen Pence looked at Mike Pence and goes, well, are you happy now? You got what you wanted and stormed out of the room and left the party and left Mike there alone because uh, yeah. she was so pissed. Remember, Mal- Pence, that's hilarious. Pence should get divorced. Even eat, he can't even eat with a woman alone. He's way too afraid of Karen. Remember, she wouldn't go to the White House for like two Perfect months or name, three months or whatever. She was mad at the whole thing with the win. I don't think she, she was happy. She was, ter- she was incredibly pissed. Karen Pence was yep. my ex-wife's third grade teacher. They were not the only. Wow. They were that's not like, the only two people. That's incredibly three degrees mad of Pence that right there. <laughs> they were two of about like a hundred million people. They're incredible. Spangle is what four degrees to, to Donald Trump. I know. I, I I want to catch his COVID. I want to be immune too. You can be immune too for maybe three months, four months. I wish forever. I had it. I thought I had it. I got tested and I didn't have it. Is it my? Is, is it weird that I'm always disappointed when I get the negative COVID test? I have to get tested at work every two weeks, and I think I get for a free two weeks off if I get positive. So. Ooh. Hey, what's Especially your blood? Every two weeks. Mark, what's Did your blood? Did they give you an antibody test, too? I don't know what kind of test it is. I just spit in a thing and, and send it in. What's your blood <laughs> type, by the way? I have no idea. Why would I talk about that publicly? How do you not even anyway? know that? God, my wife doesn't know. My I don't know that either. Know. What do you have what? idea? What do you get to get blood type fraud? If you say it out in public, people are going to steal <laughs> your know. blood. Yeah, I have no idea. Is someone <laughs> going to find out my, I don't know, hack into my bank account? Right. Y'all really don't know your blood types? I have no idea. No, I have no idea. I think I'm I open. Figure I the hospital will figure that out if they need to. 
It was I think on a dog O negative, I had to wear. which is what well, that's the good one, right? Well, not for well, not O's for you, good. not and for you. Good for everybody universal else. Universal donor. Trust me, I get phone calls. All, we could all the use. Time we could all use your blood. You could only use O negative blood. <laughs> I've got it in my Apple Health Kit thing, but you know, I don't. I don't want to put that out there. Someone might steal my identity with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All they need is your uh, your your favorite movie and your blood type, and they can get into everything. Pretty much. Well, how much longer do we want to go? We're in an hour and five minutes. We I just started getting hours. tipsy. I, <laughs> now we can um, maybe so, we can start a, a a final thoughts esque sort of series of statements of some kind. But you know, but I got time. All right, go ahead, Mark. Final thoughts. Oh, I didn't know that it came to me first. Well, <laughs> my final thoughts are that I didn't learn anything new, as I never do at any debate in ever, really. Any any political debate. I don't think I've learned anything new from any political debate I've ever watched in my life. Um, um, <laughs> nah, even Ron Paul, I didn't really learn anything new. I, he was just saying things I already believed. So I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's saying this thing I know. So no, even then, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so. I'm sure for some people, Ron Paul was teaching them things they didn't know about the Federal Reserve and that sort of thing. So definitely can't speak uh, speak to this debate in any any kind of way like that. Uh, it, I, I, I will say after like covering all these Democratic primaries and the last debate, it was the first debate that it actually didn't feel that cringe to me yeah. to, to watch. It actually wasn't hard to watch. You know, it kind of went by fast. I didn't find myself like, oh, God, will this just end? Um, so I guess that's something to say about it. But. Did you guys think it reminded me like of uh, like the VP debate reminded me of how politics used to be? It, it was a little bit like just two politicians that don't like each other having a debate. It wasn't any. I mean, Trump made a specific conscious effort to behave himself. I mean, you could tell, you know, it was he, he didn't even mention Hunter. He wanted to, like in the beginning, he was like, "He said laptop from hell was the closest yeah. he got." The hunt, he didn't. I don't think he ever mentioned his name. He mentioned family members. He said at one point in the beginning, he didn't like, say like, "Where are you getting all the money?" And, and right. say like, "Big man, are you the big man?" I did laugh at that as well. Are, are, are you the big he man? Did, he did say you probably, you probably aren't the big man, but it might be the big anymore. man. <laughs> yeah, he, he said something about not, him not being in the military, but I don't know if he said it was your son. Or if he said Hunter, I don't remember. No, no, yeah, he was oh. talking. I think but he, he said. Did I think he said it. He, he complimented Biden at one point in the in the debate, and I just about lost it. I mean, it was like he turned to him under his breath and kind of said, um, "You're doing really well. You're impressing me, or something." Yeah, I, <laughs> wow. I missed like, that. Oh, wow. Was that okay. on mic or he just like yeah? Mouthed no, it? I saw. I, I heard it. I was just I I, I wrote it down and I'm like. Wow. Well, that's doesn't that just show you behind the scenes even more like how politics is that everyone's on the same team here ultimately? Mm-hmm. Well, I think nice. he, trying, he, was he trying also to complimented the moderator bit. a couple times, yeah. which I yeah. was kind of out of normally he was, attacking he was really the media trying but, to be yeah. a different face. He, he it did seem like he was trying to maybe he's already done everything to shore up the base and make the most bombastic statements possible and et cetera. So maybe this was the time he's like, all right. I'm going to try to play a little more even keeled here for those people that might be on the fence that might think I don't mind, you know, Trump's just a little too bombastic for me. So maybe that's part of part of the strategy there because he didn't he didn't really say anything too outrageous besides the normal, you know, make, made up numbers and things like that. Gonna- going to change yeah that, three and a half years right <laughs> four I, mean, years. I bet you 10 years after he's out of power that he will be remembered fondly by the press like george w bush is now i don't know I how he'll be more nixonian <laughs> than anything yeah i don't i disagree with you more nixonian um I, th- I do think we should include since uh this is the last time well 
last time we're all going to be in this room together, friends, uh, before the election anyway. Uh, maybe a prediction of what's going to happen. And I'm the worst person on this because, interestingly enough, I was actually much more confident about Trump winning four years ago when no one expected him to win. I think me and Odie, it was on a podcast in December of 2015 that Odie and I both said we thought Trump was going to win mm-hmm. uh, the presidency, and he did. And I I wasn't necessarily confident about that. I, was I had agreed probably, as well. Okay, maybe you agreed, but <laughs> all right. How we agreed, everybody. Uh, but still, you know, when you see all those things coming out ahead of the election, like 99.9% chance Hillary's going to win, I still thought, oh, maybe I'm just wrong in my prediction. But I was right in that prediction. Um, I do feel less confident saying it now. I, I will say that. Yeah. Um, so any prediction I make will not be made in confidence. I, I'll, but um, I guess I wouldn't be surprised by any result. There's, there's, there's looking at the polls. I think uh, Ryan Hold and Spangle both make pretty reasonable arguments for why we might want to believe the polls more than we did four years ago. I think those are points I can't really make a, an evidence-based disagreement with, but there's something in my gut, and I'm just that's what I went with four years ago, which made me think he was going to win. There's a gut part of me that does think Trump is going to win, um, but I, I'm not going to say that with with extreme confidence at all. So that, that's I guess that's my take on my prediction, but I do think LA is going to burn. So yeah, I'll be here. I'll be like that dog. Uh, it's just like this is fine. I'll just be like here podcasting. This is fine. All right. Uh, I'm armed. We'll just it's go. Cool. We'll go through the boxes. Um, I would say that the, the debate overall is a draw. I think that Biden Biden looked way Biden looked really bad in the first one. It's just he never got a chance to look bad. Trump. Trump looked good in the beginning because he had some facts. I, I think Donald Trump, this was his best debate performance at all, like, like totally, because he was in command of the facts. You know, the thing with Donald Trump. Of the two or of his debate performances? Of all, all of his debate performances. But I think the thing with Donald Trump is that Donald Trump, Donald Trump is a bullshitter. He's a bullshit artist. He lies. He does, he'll say anything to get elected. But like Donald Trump also. He does kind of like he's every talk radio caller I ever screened. Um, he he hears something on a podcast or in a conversation, and that just kind of filters in, and that becomes a fact. And so, like, if you listen to him and you and you kind of read the papers, you go, "I know where Donald Trump what he means because he's got that fact right." Like, he doesn't really he's not very coherent. I mean, this was really too incoherent. Do you think that's kind of purposeful though? Like, I feel like he's just he puts those things out because he's he's playing to those people. I think he's just hyped up. I think he's just like a I I don't think he's a dumb person. I think he showed his intelligence tonight more than he does most times. Like he 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 does retain a lot of facts. I just think he's not an intellectually curious person. You know, so he's not like He's not you trying. You don't think to... he's sitting up reading niche and like no <laughs> reading reading so <laughs> no Aristotle like, at night. Like I, I believe Fauci when he says that he has like ADD to the max. Like you you can just kind of tell like watching the guy and hearing him talk. So like I think he kind of absorbs the facts that he wants to hear and he grabs onto those little tidbits and holds onto them. So like if you watch the sixty minutes, the leaked sixty minutes interview, or you watch this debate, like you hear him kind of being making an argument with some facts it's just that he does he doesn't nail it you know if you watch like barack obama or bill clinton or even george bush kind of go through that motion they'll do they can do that they can they can put together an argument he's just for weirdly the greatest communicator since reagan he's not a very good communicator and i think he's just kind of all over the place um so but i think that he he was stronger tonight than he has been in any debate with hillary or biden 
or any one of the 2016, the novelty is kind of worn off. Like he had a couple funny moments, but like I remember watching those 2016 debates just like with my jaw on the floor, mesmerized by the pageantry of it, like the drama of it. Like, how could this guy say that? He's breaking all these. It was norms. the magical time, 2016. It was. I, I enjoyed those that debate season so much more than this one. That was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, I mean, it kind of puts a cloud over everything. Yeah. No, but even the primary debates. I mean, these the, the Democratic debates were just brutal to watch. Whereas yeah. I enjoyed pretty much everything. Yeah, and and Derek story. Derek asks if Trump was always like he was tonight, would he be in a better situation? And I totally agree. Like I think Donald Trump had know. such a good election that if he had had taken had like 2020 really lost it for him. And when the crisis hit, he did everything was wrong. His instincts were wrong, like agreeing to shut down economies and, and messing up testing and the way that he messaged it and the fighting, like he just, he did everything wrong. And and it's like, Putting you, that stuff out in the it. first place was wrong, but he was dead on about a lot of what he said tonight. Oh, you're lockdown. stealing my closing oh, sorry. statement. Yeah. Just, I forgot we were making statements and not talking anymore. <laughs> but how do, you, how do you not penalize the guy for being wrong when the chips were down and he needed to I make should. the right decisions? And that comes from him having no ideology whatsoever. Like, if we were in that decision and you had all the information that you were getting, you might question yourself, but you at least have an ideology that you hold firm to and go, no, this is what I'm going to cling to. And so, you know, that's part of why he's he's not a good president. But then, you know, his lack of ideology could have been a help to him, but it wasn't. So I think I think he he had a good debate. And like Chuck Todd said, he stopped the bleeding. But I don't think that it's nearly enough to keep him from losing the presidency. I just think the 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 wave that has kind of been building to get him out of office i think people are just tired i think they're so done with it i think that even the people who kind of understand like i know that biden is biden's just going to be a really shitty president this is mitten i'm just laughing at your cat appearing behind you that's all i just think people kind of like if you watch barack obama's speech he's like imagine a world where you don't have to think about what the president said that day I think that's the most appealing pitch for Biden. It's the only appealing pitch for Biden. It's it's only pitch. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do it right now, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So I just think that's going to speak to a lot of the American electorate. You're seeing it in the suburbs. And I just I don't think I don't know how he overcomes that. There's no amount of Hunter Bidens that that can get over. Like when you saw the covid stuff, when he got covid, he violated the basic story principle. Mittens. So, like, <laughs> the, I'm the, voting for mittens. I'm writing in mittens. The hero, the hero faces adversity. The hero learns a lesson, and the hero changes. Like Trump learned nothing. He can learn nothing. He cannot change. Like, it's just fuck has, this. Has guy he tired. ever followed that though? What, what Trump should have. He's, he's always been different. That's right. how he got elected. He shouldn't have gone with the peer pressure of the media and everybody else and stopped taking hydroxychloroquine. You know who didn't stop taking it? His debate coach, Rudy Giuliani. You know who didn't get COVID? Rudy Giuliani. Right. Howie is actually uh, sponsored by hydroxychloroquine, by the way. Yes. A drug that has no patent is dirt cheap. Uh, right. Uh, Reinhold. Uh, the debate tonight, I think they. Uh, it was a much better debate. I think both... Trump and Biden did better than they did, obviously, in the first debate, but also just kind of held their own and showed that they're both capable of doing enough to keep their base, keep voting for him. Nobody really lost any points, I think. Um, 
anybody who, like I said, somebody people are talking about the the gas thing. I don't think anybody who's worried about the gas industry was ever going to vote for Biden to begin with because they know that. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like it's changing minds. I, I don't really see anything there. I think there was probably more um, mind changing on a you know Jersey Shore episode. So um, this. So I don't think this changes the race in any way. I think we're still we've got a bunch of people have already voted. We've got people who are standing in line to vote. We've got people who have made up their minds. Both camps are trying to get their people out. And I think there's going to be a much bigger turnout for the left this year than 2016 because Biden is not as despised as Hillary was. And everybody talks about how Trump got, you know, Trump won in 2016 because he was the firebrand that did all this stuff. And no, that's not why he won. He won because he was almost less hated than Hillary was. Hillary was the only person I think he could have beat. <laughs> right. So that's, that's how I, th- I so I think the, the election is going to come down to people are tired. Uh, they were doing focus groups a year ago before the, uh, re- as they were getting ready to go into the uh, impeachment and the focus groups were saying the same thing. They were just saying, I'm tired of hearing about every day I, turning on the news and I'm just hearing about five to ten different things that have happened. I, I'm, I don't want this anymore. We we and, featured a tweet by Guy Benson who pointed at that Pew thing where basically people feel they're better off than they were four years ago. But yeah. the the gap of I like Donald Trump and I just can't take it anymore was so big that it, over, it erased all of that. Right. And yeah, Guy Benson – the guy Benson, this conservative commentator, goes, and Ben Shapiro's made the same point. Like, he's the one who's lost this. He's responsible. Not the media, not Democrats, not any of that. I, th- I think so. So I thought that Trump was going to win in 2016. And I thought if he had come in and he had done a good job, and I was defending him for a long time, um, but he just couldn't let it go. He couldn't let things go. He, he couldn't just be a president. He had to keep uh, – going like he was still running for president. He never stopped running for president, sniping at the the incumbent. It's all they did to me. What they did to me. These, you know, he he's he never just stood up there and said I'm going to be a leader, right? Oh, and that's or, what people or, or, wanted and that's what people were expecting. Yeah, or Reinhold like his closing pitch in 2016 was at least like we all know the public loves free stuff. He was going to give us a wall and some conservative judges and he was going to do this. Like this time it's like I'm mad at Leslie Stahl. Now, then the next day, I'm mad at the moderator. Like, it's just personal he's, grievance after personal grievance. This turning the Justice Department into his own personal lawyers. I mean, it's it's embarrassing what he's done to the Department of Justice. Um, and, and to be honest with you, Rudy Giuliani, I think, should be in jail for what he's done. So I think me and Howie probably disagree on that one. But when you bring somebody's granddaughter... 14 year old granddaughter into it has no business being involved in the situation at all. Everybody, nobody thought that Hunter Biden was a great guy. I don't think you need to go that far to, to basically throw his granddaughter. into. Howie Snowden did, did Rudy Giuliani try to have sex with a 15 year old girl on Borat? Go. Well, that thing is ridiculous. He was tucking (laughs) in his shirt after you watch it. It's obvious after a 24 year old woman untucked it. (laughs) But anyways, um, so I thought this debate was better than the last. This was an important debate. I think if Trump performed the way he did at the last one, it would have hurt him a lot. But last impressions are important impressions. And not to be contrarian, but I do think he's going to win. That's how he not wanted to be contrarian. <laughs> I do think he's going to win, not just because of the Hunter Biden stuff I mentioned earlier, but because 
the I think the big thing in people's mind of what came across is that Biden is a lockdown president and Trump wants to open things up and get life back to normal. And I think we all know that this isn't that dangerous to 99% of us. And this can't go on or it's going to destroy the country. I think that's going to help Trump a lot. I think there's a lot of supporters that won't admit it because of the insanity of the left is the tax people. And I don't think the polls are accurate. And I think the Trump will win. Uh, I think it might be close. I won't be surprised if Biden does. But if I had to bet one way or the other, I bet on Trump. Despite all the evidence that I provided, I still think you could be right. Like, I feel the same way as Mark. It's like, there's really no way to tell. But, I mean, it's it's a, it's a toss-up. I, I won't be shocked either way. I think Biden 300 electoral points. Wow. Okay. I would be shocked by that. I don't think either side is going to blow it out. But with regards to the debate tonight, um, I I think I agree with the consensus. I guess I can call it a consensus that uh, this was Trump's best debate of any debate um, that he's had. Well, we'll say at least in the general election. I don't really remember the primaries, of course, they were super entertaining in 2016 with Trump making fun of Rand Paul and stuff like that. I was going to say my favorite Trump moment was actually him, him going after Rand Paul because Rand Paul made the dumbest argument that anybody that's supposed to be principled could make when he's like, see, he said he wouldn't support whatever Republican wins. I'm like, why are you the one making that argument, yeah. Rand Paul? I know that's this is a five-year-old point I'm making, but yeah, I always enjoyed Trump making fun of Rand Paul's goofy hair. So it was, I mean, I think, yeah, Trump definitely had a definitive shift in his demeanor tonight. It it was purposeful. I mean, he was, you know, I think overtly trying to show respect to the moderator. Um, And I did see someone comment that, that, you know, saying you're doing a good job tonight wasn't directed to Biden. That was directed to the the moderator. I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's what I saw. So maybe there was one to Biden, too. I I missed that. That that may be true. I just, I I thought it looked like he was. Oh, no. Oh, that's true. That that was the moderator. Okay, I mistook that then. Um, with, with regards to, you know, who, who do I think is going to win? You know, I, I still think that Trump is going to win. I, I do think that Joe Biden will win the popular vote. I do think in blue states, it's going to be a much bigger blowout than with uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, but I think when you, I mean, it all comes down to the swing states. That's really all that matters. There's like five or six swing states that it comes down to. And you look at those swing states, you look at the RCP polling average, and for the most part, Trump is polling um, in a more narrow margin uh, with you know a smaller margin with Biden than he was uh, with Clinton at the same point in 2016. Also, when you start to dig into registrations, you look in Florida, Democratic re- registrations, Republican registration, registrations, the gap is closed um, to the point that you know, it's almost even in Florida, Pennsylvania. It's not even, but Republicans have had many more registrations, I think like 100,000 more registrations than Democrats. And Pennsylvania is one of those weird states. I know a lot of people, especially uh, boomers who are registered Democrats and always have voted Republican. They just don't change their registration. There's a lot of people like that in Pennsylvania, sort of the, uh, I guess, the Ronald Reagan, um, you know, Republican or Democratic Reagan voting supporters, whatever they were called. But I, I think I think Trump will win. Um, I don't think it's going to be a landslide, but I think it will be when things do shake out, it will be comfortable um, just in the Electoral College. I think Biden will win uh, the overall popular vote. Um, but another thing that I think people are really underestimating with the mail-in voting, people say all these Democrats are voting early, which is true. And I, that's not surprising at all um, that the Democrats are doing that. They're very, I mean, they're, I get 10 text messages a day 
from Democrats trying to get me to vote early. Uh, my wife gets even more because she used to be registered as a Democrat. But the Uh-oh. thing that they're missing is not, I mean, it's it's a lot less effective. Not that there's going to be necessarily fraud involved. I'm not saying that. But for example, in Pennsylvania, there were like 70,000 um, mail-in ballots that were sent out that they had the addresses wrong on the inside um, envelope. So they had to resend them. So you have two, everyone... 70,000 people, or maybe it's more than that, getting two ballots they have to send in. So you have people who are maybe in their 60s, 70s, 80s who are two ballots. What do I do? If you go to vote in, in person and you've already registered to vote by mail in Pennsylvania, I don't know if it's like this in every state, you have to bring those ballots with you to vote in person. If you don't, you can't vote. So I think you're going to see it's going to be a freaking mess. Uh, it's going to be a complete disaster in a lot of states. States that have done more of this before, I'm sure it won't be a big deal, but states like Pennsylvania, I don't think it's necessarily a a bonus for the Democrats that they have more uh, mail-in voters. I totally agree, and I think that's why you see such a like at this point in 2016, only like five or six million people had voted early. Now it's like 46 million, and I think that the the uh, mail-in stuff. Donald Trump accidentally scared everybody into early voting, which means the votes will be counted on election day as opposed to like the week after. Um, but the 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 structural problems of voting that you just pointed out is such a huge unknown. And I would also add Kanye West being in Minnesota. You know, Minnesota was like the swing state in 2016, along with Michigan, and Kanye West is on the ballot there and, and in 11 other states. And the irony vote got Trump elected in 2016. It can't be undercounted in Minnesota, too. Who gets more votes, Joe Jorgensen or Kanye West? Jorgensen in well, Jorgensen, Jorgensen across the board, but in Minnesota, Kanye West. We'll see. But I um, agree. Before we go to Chris, I was wanting to. Do you want to say something about the GoFundMe we're talking about? Oh yeah, I would love if everybody could help support. Um, just a great libertarian, a great friend, a, a co-host on the We Are Libertarians network. Um, Howie Snowden, everybody. Yeah, please support Howie. He's been going through some tough times. He left the show early. Uh, he, <laughs> no, I'm just just, he's just a mess. No, uh, <laughs> Trisha Stewart-Mann is uh, basically a victim of lockdown. She lost she's lost a job to lockdown, got another job, lost it to the lockdown, and then started working in a bar and then is pregnant and su- surprise pregnancy. And... It's really hard to work on your feet when you're uh, several months pregnant and her her work and her doctor would like her not to work. Uh, but that's just not financially possible because they've had so many um, problems not of their own making and as a family this year. And we love Trisha. And I know, Mark, you've you've been on Trisha's show and she's just a great libertarian. She's our token anarchist on the network. She's good people. She's really great human being, and just you know, if you want to support um, Trisha, if you want to support her unborn child, her family, then we have started to GoFundMe to to help raise money. I'll put that here in the comments, but you can also find it in the We Are Libertarians Facebook group in the announcements, and uh, grab it there because you know she's she's in a tough spot, and she is. Uh, it's tough to. We asked if we could help, and she reluctantly allowed us to do this uh, because it's not an easy thing for them and their family, but we just hope that you'll consider supporting them. And I'll put that in the, uh, in the chat and in the We Are Libertarians Facebook group. Yeah. And we'll post that, uh, you know, in the shit when we post this on our website over at Lions Liberty and uh, anywhere we post this around, we'll, we'll try to include that link. 
Cool. Well, thank and you. And after you support Trisha, you know, support her first. After that, if you and haven't then... joined our, uh, our our Patreon groups, do that's that, right. Yes, <laughs> we are Libertarians and Lions of Liberty. Both put out tremendous Patreon content. So tremendous. I mean, tremendous. The best. The the best conspiracies you'll ever hear talked about will be on Conspiracy Corner on, on our Patreon. So. I love it. I'm anti-conspiracy theory, but I love listening to Conspiracy Corner. Anti-conspiracy theory? It's yes. okay to be anti-conspiracy, but anti-theory? Come on, the theories are fun. All right, I'll give you that. That's a good All That's right. a good counter. That's my compromise. But Howie, I mean, Howie had the best breakdown of COVID in the early days of COVID that I'd heard anywhere else. Legit. That's legit, folks. Yeah. Would you tell my mother that, please? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, some of the Said, si- if you're so smart, why don't you be a doctor? <laughs> Maybe you should go back to school. Did she say that? Yeah. You should say, okay, if you pay me, if you pay for my medical degree, I'll, I would love to see Doctor Howie. Come on, that'd be amazing. Doctor Howie, it's never too late to change course. Not Howie. just a fake doctor anymore. <laughs> well, you've always been my doctor, but yeah. Maybe we'll talk that about that more on our Patreon. I think it's time to wind down. All Chris, right, I'll let you, I'll let you do that. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Again, please support our Patreon, support Trisha. We thank you all for listening so much. We thank you for uh, commenting. We thank everybody for uh, sharing this. There is no greater honor. There is no other better way to promote the shows that you love if you love these two podcasts or really any podcast. Word of mouth is the most important thing. There is, like, listen, we have the Patreon money and we can buy advertising, and that does help. But when you share a podcast and you say, I love listening to this this show for these reasons, it is a super powerful way to grow. And political podcasts in an election year, it's times times on – I mean, it's just an enormous amount of growth because people are really ready to pay attention. And then we plateau for about three to four years. So it's really, (laughs) really important that you share these these podcasts and, and help us grow. And if you don't listen to the other or one or the other, please give it a shot. All right, with that, we say thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for uh, listening to Lions of Liberty and We Are Libertarians.